Welcome to Between the Lines. I'm Tracy Hunter Abramson, and I'm here with my fabulous co-hosts, Sarah M. Eden, Sean M. Bessie, and Esther Hatch. In today's episodes, we are going to talk about how we as authors handle criticism. So let's start with the basics, editing. Do you think it gets any easier to accept suggested changes as you as you progress in your career? Mm. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> the silence, like, yeah. and the silence is definitely... <laughs> yeah, um... I don't think it's ever fun to receive a manuscript back and see a whole long list of suggested changes. Um, but, but for me, if I'm working with an editor I trust and I know that if I'm willing to implement them, I will end up with a stronger manuscript, it helps. So for me, I think that when it comes to editing changes, the issue is not so much uh, how long I've been writing as much as how long I've been working with a specific editor and the the level of communication and trust that we have. That's awesome. Agreed. Yeah, I feel like those, you know, editorial changes or suggestions, you know, that we get back are the, the editorial letter, <laughs> which for those who have not yet received one is a lovely letter in which you're told all the things you need to fix and get, <laughs> and get right. Um, if you're lucky, it also includes things that went well, but... Um, I actually have gotten to where I not necessarily enjoy getting it, but I'm grateful for it. Because like Sean said, um, you learn to trust your editor and you learn to recognize how they help your story be better, how it's helping it get better. And I feel like because that comes before a book is published, it's something you can actually do something about. It's Mm -hmm. coming in time so you can make those adjustments and you can fix things before other people Uh, see them, (laughs) which is really, really helpful. As far as getting easier, I think what's made it a little easier for me is I've found the approach to it that works for me. You know, I get that editorial letter and I always read through it and then I set it aside for a couple of days. Just Mm -hmm. let it percolate, let that initial kind of twinge of pain and panic (laughs) that comes from discovering that your beautiful little perfect manuscript baby is in fact ugly and (laughs) and not doing well flawed (laughs) Flawed, exactly so by the time i come back to it um some of that emotion has drained out a little i'm excited to make things better and make things change so for me it's been more learning how to work with that as opposed to being excited about it yes and that what you said about like taking a few days after you do have to read through it yes. and then you take a break. And I think what you said is perfect. It's like, cause once you can take the emotion out of it and I don't know how you can't that first read through. Right. So, but once you can, then you start looking at it as a job to do mm-hmm. tasks to complete. And you guys, a lot of you talked about trusting in your editor. And I think that's key. I think also the more books I've been able to do, I've been able to trust in myself and realize some of these problems sounded insurmountable when I first read them. Like, I cannot believe they picked that out for me to change. (laughs) And I don't know if I can, but then you give yourself a minute and you remember, I've had these things before and I was able to change them. And without fail, my books have gotten better because of it. And that's where the trust of the editor comes to. But um, so I think... Yeah, I think it does get easier in that way. Yeah. But that first opening the letter, I mean, you should see our faces in here. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah was talking about them. I, it, it's, a hard, it's a hard email to get. Yep. And I think I've actually gotten to where I've, I'm able to kind of pull that emotion out for most things. But what I do, I actually found a process that works really well for me because I print out all of the comments or, you know, the suggested changes. 
And then I go through, and there's always some Tracy-isms in there, like the, <laughs> the word of the day, uh, word of the book. Like there's always a few words of the book that I just use too much. And so I can go through and like just work on those little things because it's just word choice stuff. Right. And mm-hmm. then I'm seeing some of the bigger items and I'm like, okay, well, that isn't so hard, but I'll, I'll think about, you read through it and like you said, you think about it for the big items, I just let them sit and mm-hmm. so I can ponder like how would I, you're taking a tapestry and pulling a string out and hoping that you can make it beautiful again, you know, and it's right. like, it, we thought it was beautiful. I don't know what the problem is, you know? <laughs> so it's like by dealing with all those little ones, it feels less overwhelming for me, I think, but I think everyone is that way. When you when you look at those bigger changes that they're asking for, you need a little space to just rethink of how is this book going to look, you know, because it's not quite what we thought it would. So obviously everyone has their own preferences and what they read and everything isn't for everybody. So how do you deal with it when you get a negative review? And do you even read your reviews? I will jump in first on this because <laughs> I don't read my reviews. I had a writer tell me once that if you don't read your, your reviews, you can never be a good writer. Like they were that <laughs> exacting about it. And so I ignored at that point the advice of multiple therapists and started reading them. And it was the worst thing I could possibly have done. I heard Jennifer Nielsen, fantastic writer. If you haven't checked her out out there listening, you need to do that. But she once said that for her, and this rang true for me, that bad reviews are like poison, but good reviews are like crack. Neither one of them is good for you. (laughs) And I felt like, again, at least for me, and every writer is different, for me, reading those isn't helpful. So I don't actually, at least I don't seek them out. Sometimes they find me. Sometimes I ignore my own rules and mess myself up, but I don't. I generally don't read them. And I'm kind of the opposite. I am probably addicted to crack cocaine. (laughs) In the form of good reviews. Oh, yes, yes, of course. Only in reviews. But, um... I, I, but I still agree with Jennifer Nelson's assessment. I don't know that it's healthy for me. I have gotten better at dealing with the emotions that come with both mm-hmm. and feeling like um, I'm going to be okay if I read a negative one and I'm not going to let it get too much to my head if I read a positive <laughs> one. Um, but I really think for me, when I see those negative ones, what helps me kind of not dismiss them, but just not let them wound me as, I mean, they do but for not for very long um, is just to me, it's a reminder that that's one reader that hopefully won't read my next. (laughs) That that actually sounds harsh. That's not what I meant. But, but, but as authors, we are not writing a book for everyone. We just are not. And so the negative reviews are people that will know that I'm not for them. They're not Mm -hmm. for me. We move on and I can gather the, the people that love my books and there are people out there for my books, and those are who I want reading them. So it's fine. Wow, I want I want that much confidence <laughs> when I when I face a negative review, because negative re- reviews really do hurt, and it's sometimes easier to br- brush off the criticism if I know that I'm being criticized for something that was out of my control. I've, you know, if you have a negative review because someone doesn't like your cover, well, I didn't design the cover or because they didn't like the narrator of the audio guide, I didn't do that or choose them and and so those are easier to kind of brush off, but but sometimes they'll, you know, you'll get something that that does hurt and um and I guess one of my um, coping mechanisms is just knowing that 
even the best writers out there receive negative reviews and, and that it is subjective. I think for me, like early on, it would have been a lot harder, I think, for me to take, like, it's like a dart to your heart, you know, it's like that prick is, is real. But I've gotten where I, I'm fortunate I'm in a genre that doesn't get a ton of negative and it's not because I'm a phenomenal writer, it's because I'm in a genre that is kinder than, to, <laughs> than many. And there are some that it's like they're just, people are more likely to review and you just aren't going to see as many reviews in my in my genre. But um, but I do think that I will, I'll look through them occasionally and I love it when there's something that they're like, well, I, I wish this would have happened. And it's constructive in a way that I'm like, oh, you know what? I should think about that for the next time. Or maybe I'm doing something repetitively and a reader will bring it out. So if I can use it that way, I don't mind. But otherwise, I'm like, yeah, I don't really need to look at it. it you know, I'm not so worried about the stars. I'm worried about more of the words, you know, that go to it. So is it harder for you all to receive a bad review from a reader or from a professional reviewer? Or does it matter? Yes, it's both hard. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> so um, I think there's just more reader reviews than there are professional reviews. And so the professional ones do tend to feel more poignant as like their importance or different mm-hmm, things like right. that. This is something somebody's doing it for a living. Um, so a negative professional review does feel worse for me, right. I would say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree because in general, a professional reviewer has a big readership. Um, And so it's just really hard to know that something that you've put a little bit of yourself into, you've put some of your heart into it, um, is going to be looked at negatively by thousands of people. And it's hard too because you know that these professional reviewers are looking to give their readers both the pluses and the minuses. And so a lot of times they're looking for that negative and it's like, well, you know, if you're saying the negative is I don't have like bad words in my, in my book. Well, <laughs> Hey, that's great because you're telling people if they want to have bad language, don't read me. It's fine. But if it's something that it's like, well, the story wasn't working. It's like, could you maybe just not print that? I don't want you to do that. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think that the pres- professional ones are more difficult. Yeah, and I, as I mentioned before, I don't really read my reviews. <laughs> um, I do have an agreement with my agent um, when I have professional reviews, like from the big publications, Publishers Weekly or um, Booklist or some of those. She will let me know just, hey, you got a good review in Kirkus or whatever, and just leaves it at that because she knows that I don't read them. Um, but then, of course, I always have to wonder, did she not mention Kirkus this time because it was a bad review? Like, you just you kind of don't know, right? <laughs> and we're all a little neurotic when it comes exactly. to this. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I don't see a lot of the professional reviews. They're easier to avoid. But reader reviews, all I can say is they find you. Um, I actually, a few years ago, ended up taking the contact link off of my website because I was getting so many emails from people who didn't like my books and wanted to make sure I knew that. So I got email after email. One of my favorites, quote unquote, (laughs) someone sent me an email and said, I had read one of your books and um and it basically saying it wasn't very good and so i went to your website and i'm like wow how much time do you have on your hands um and you've written like 12 books this was a while ago so i can only assume you think you're more talented than you really are (laughs) so these are the kind of quote-unquote reviews that i get so i think those are actually harder for me than professional reviews because the professional reviews don't feel as personal yeah Mm. Um, so yeah, so I guess my answer is a little bit 
different only because those are the people who track me down. Professional reviewers don't care if I see their reviews, but other people really, really do. I don't understand. You're like the nicest person ever. <laughs> and for you to get people treating you that way, it just still blows me away. <laughs> so, okay. What about positive reviews? How do they impact you? I know we already talked about Jennifer Nielsen's. <laughs> they're like crack. They're like crack. So how do you guys indulge in this problem? <laughs> I really am just, I just check for reviews all the time. It's a bad thing I do. And, but not, I mean, I've, it, maybe it's bad. Maybe it's not. I don't know. It's bad for some people and it's probably bad for me. <laughs> Can you tell I'm conflicted? But, um, I do feel like at the end of the day, you just can't rely too much on the good ones either. Um, otherwise then the negative ones might start to mean too much too. Like if you right, put right. too much value in a review and you don't have the value in of yourself. Like if you can't look at your work and say, I'm happy with it. I need, I need someone to tell me it was good. Then suddenly the people telling you it was not good also have too much control. So for me, I, I like it. I like to read them. It's fun for me to sometimes see the parts of my books that people resonated with and it will make me smile. And sometimes I forget parts of my book and then they'll mention it. <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah, I did write that. That was funny. <laughs> so I enjoy it. Um, but I do know that I just can't put too much faith in either either type of review. It's like, did you guys ever see that movie Cool Runnings? Oh, One yeah. of my favorites. Olympics, right? Uh-huh. You know, yeah. Tracy enjoys the Olympics. And the coach has this talk with the driver and basically says, you know, at the end of the day, if you're not enough without the gold medal, you'll never be enough with it. Right. I think it's kind of that idea. Yeah. Like, you need some degree of faith and confidence in what you've produced that is independent of the positive reviews. Right. Right. Well, and I found what I remember, and it wasn't, I was probably maybe like five, four books in, three, three, four books in, and the reviews started becoming more common, you know, commonplace where you could find them and stuff. And and so I started reading some of these, and it might have even been further in than that. And I got to where it was like you get one review and you do, you're like, now you're looking for the next one. I was like, okay, I'm supposed to be writing right now. <laughs> like this is I'm getting out of balance. And so I've made a deliberate step back from that. And then I'm like, I'm not going to get back, start re- watching them again and t- or reading them again until I feel a little like I can separate myself. And so now I might check reviews, but like I've had a couple of books come out recently and I've I might look at them and I might not. And sometimes, like, sometimes I'll have a friend, like, Sean's great about this. She's like, D- you had a great review. I'm like, that's fantastic. Thanks for telling me. You know, and I will do that too. I'll look at other people's reviews on occasion if I, I'm really excited about somebody's book who came out, that came out. Like, when, you know, when Proper Scoundrel came out, that was really fun. You know, mm-hmm. it's like an alleged rogue, charming Artemis. Like, you guys have all had some amazing books. So I'm like, okay, is everyone else getting that this is as good of a book as <laughs> I know it is? Like, if you don't know, you know, let me make sure. And then it's like, it's fun to say, hey, Sarah, you ha- you're getting some love, you know, or mm-hmm. yeah. this is, I saw a really fun one and this is what it said, or let me give you a quote or a, a screenshot or something. But for me, I'm, a lot of times I'll just, until I'm ready to get into that, maybe I'm getting ready to start creating a new book. And I want the pot, I want the feedback. Like what did people really, what resonated with people and what did maybe people not resonate with as much? Then that's a great time for me to start. And now we probably know one reason why I don't write quite as many books as you guys. <laughs> I am very and busy reading reviews. Reading reviews. Yeah. Or else I was there. <laughs> we just need to make a pack that we each read each other's and there just pass on the good the news. Good there we go. Yeah. Um, 
There have been times when a positive review has really helped me. It, I wouldn't say that it's across the board always, but if if you're, I think for me it's more of a individual one day type of a thing. You're having a really bad day, and you've been working on the same paragraph for four hours, and <laughs> you're ready to beat your head against the wall and say, "Why do I even do this?" And then someone will send you a message and tell you how much they loved your book, and you think, "Okay, that's why I do it." <laughs> <laughs> and so sometimes a really uplifting, positive message helps a lot, especially when you've been struggling with the current writing project. That's awesome. Yeah, I think the closest I get to interacting with positive reviews <laughs> is what I think of more as informal reviews. It's like Sean said, when someone has just like, I maybe sent a message on social media and just said, I enjoyed your book or commented right. on a post saying this really touched me or like at book signings, most of the people who come to talk at me, talk to me at my book signings have positive things to say. <laughs> um, and those moments, again, it helps remind you, this This is one of this the reasons why, why I do it. this, that yeah. people are having a good and positive interaction with it. I'm touching people. I'm doing something that people enjoy. So those more informal positive reviews, yeah, they, they do. They have an impact and it's a great impact. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's something we all need to hear, but don't always hear it. Well, and just like today, there was one of our someone on our editorial staff who'd never met you and loves your books, and <laughs> it took her two tries to come in to say hi to you because it was, it was a great fan moment. It was a great fan moment, and it's like those it, they matter because it makes a it, it makes us feel amazing to know that we touch somebody in a, in a positive way. And I think that's a huge part of why we write. So it's that reassurance that we're making a difference. Absolutely. So for our listeners, we would love to know how you deal with criticism. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you for being with us this week, and we hope you'll join us next time on Between the Lines. <laughs> <laughs>